As always, this is heard best in headphones, but that isn't necessary. Press the button, and away we go. Ahoy! No, no, it's perfectly legal. Cloning played the line of morality in its time, but this, this is perfectly within the rights of the scientific community. You say that, and yet I watched a video of a game being played by brain cells. What do you think you have manipulating your whole physical system? Brain cells, and that's why the line is drawn. If that line is drawn, I would recommend you not breach that doorway. Why not? Two things before I can say. One, everything we do is perfectly legal, and the Supreme Court has already made the judgments approving these scientific discoveries. Two, actually there are three. Two, the patients who are being tested on have given full approval for these experiments. And three, these experiments are advancing humanity. The video I, I saw- understand the video you saw was of the brain cells in a Petri dish playing Pong. Am I right? Yes. Let's start there, before we proceed. The video you saw is a little late. What do you mean, late? The video is of an experiment that has since been tested, retested, and implemented in practical situations. No. Let me start over. When humans are nearing death, oftentimes they will sign a document giving scientists and doctors the ability to test their bodies post-mortem in whatever capacity they see fit. We at Splice Laboratories have realized the potential of the human brain after the original human dies. Original human? Yes. See, they donate their bodies to science. We are scientists. And their bodies have been given to science. Hence why we are testing on the bodies after death. Which is ethically irresponsible. It was ethically irresponsible when grave robbers were stealing bodies, and yet it's because of them that we had da Vinci's forward thinking which brought doctors into a whole new era. You can't seriously compare da Vinci to what you're doing. Why not? He wasn't into grave robbing for the sake of self-promotion or wealth. He absolutely was. But that has nothing to do with the conversation. We are advancing humanity. You've said that, and yet you haven't bothered to show me one thing that shows advancement. You're, you're right. I ask you one thing. No, two things. One, that you look into this with an open mind. And two, that you listen with patience. I will show you everything we're working on, but there are so many things to explain. Knowing you, you'll have a lot of questions. Okay. The video you saw was of a game of Pong being played by brain cells. The brain cells were acquired by a donated cadaver. The cadaver's brain was spliced from where you would find the reflex arc. This allows the brain to not only see the projection of the ball, but also how to respond to it. Due to the footage leak, what you saw was likely the slow version. After realizing the exact parts of the brains necessary for a game of Pong, we sped it up. We added a few more cadaver cerebellums, and, well, you have this. A game room. Precisely. A game room? The human mind died days ago. 
they aren't present now. This is strictly reflex. The human brain can be used for several things. In this room, the only part of the brain necessary is the reflex arc. No emotions, just reflex. Tetris, Pong, and such are played in here. If you notice over there, we tried Mario to no avail. As you can see, the character is just running against the wall with no course correction. Welcome back to Mercury Theater Podcast. So, you donate your body to science after you pass away. What are the moral implications for messing with the human mind post-mortem? We'll find out some of the quandaries this newcomer stumbles into. So let's jump back to Splice Laboratories and find out where ambiguous scientific advancement could lead us next. Don't turn that dial. So... This is what it's all about, huh? You take brains, cut them up, and make them play video games? This room certainly gives that impression. If you're satisfied, we could just leave now. Do you mean there's more to see? So much. I would be interested, actually. Fine. Follow me. In this room, we have more of the brains involved. We have- C-O-D! Yes. C-O-D. The brain has progressed to play these games. Where are the players? In the cooler over there. They're not people? Well, they were people. I'm honestly going to need you to keep up if this room is throwing you off. The brain cells are held in the coolers for preservation. In here, that is. We realize the brain keeps best in coolers. But they... Yep. Uh, see that screen? That player was too slow to react to the other player and was then killed. Just a second. The brain is totally playing the game, and is reacting in real time? Certainly no worse than I can play. See, we put the brain cells in front of games like these, and they're still better than I am. Do you think you'd be able to put them in front of a game playing better than they are now? Oh, we have. I guess you're ready for the next room. So, this room has a similar setup, with one main difference. We now have the brains set in a 98.6 degree vat. If you pay attention to the screen, the players are far more proficient than in the last room. What you about will... that screen? That one looks real. That's because it is. We have rooms entirely devoted to this program. This was our first test. Rooms? If you keep repeating everything I say, this conversation will be twice as long as necessary. I do have things I need to do. Agreed. Fine. Thank you. That image of the door is from the perspective of an automatic vacuum cleaner. Like? Yes, an automated vacuum cleaner. We can't have the brain cells strictly being used for games, hence the advancement of humanity, as I keep saying. A mundane task like vacuuming someone's floors doesn't seem like a practical use of a brain, or ethical. Yet, you seemed alright with them playing video games. Look. The practicality of vacuuming floors at first glimpse is mundane, but it makes complete sense when you think about it. The brain keeps track of where the vacuum has already navigated, it can make note of where it's been, so it creates a map of the rooms in the home. 
unexpectedly, it takes more brain to navigate a remote vacuum than it does to navigate a video game character. Instead of playing spray and pray, you're now making the map. What if you were to add even more of the brain, making the brain believe it was totally cognizant? You're two steps ahead of me. All right, if we must, let's skip the next room and get on to the following room. I find myself in a lot of disbelief around you. I can never be sure how you're going to surprise me next. I can only assume it's a good thing. I'm afraid it hasn't been yet. Progress doesn't come simply, and it doesn't come without complications. You've been testing these experiments on humans. Do you get that? Humans. Correction. Cadavers. When they were human, they signed a document asking for scientists to do experimentation on their cadavers. I swear, you haven't been listening to a word I've said so far. At what point do we say enough is enough? What are you talking about? We watched the dinosaur movies and watched dinosaurs wreak havoc on the park, and yet we're still experimenting with cloning mammoths and eventually cloning dinosaurs despite the countless warnings we are given. Works of fiction. And so are the robot movies where robots try taking over the world. What about those? Are those works of fiction too? I think you know the answer to that question. These aren't just works of fiction. They're warnings. And we take precautions to ensure that these events don't happen. We're not expecting a robot uprising because we've installed fail-safes. So did these works of fiction. Again, fiction. Shall we explore into the next room, or are you satisfied with your moral superiority where it stands? I'm too intrigued not to want to see what else you have. Courtesy of Dr. Elias. You can bring a vomit bucket, if you'd like. Funny. Can't say I didn't warn you. We call these our precogs. Are these humans plugged into the games? Again, cadavers. I'm horrified, yes, but my immediate question is about their entire bodies. Why? Why didn't we just remove their brains for these? Yes. This was an introductory stage to no longer limit ourselves to just the brains, and to simply put these helmets on the subjects. No more prodding, no more manual manipulation. These are for all intents and purposes, living cadavers living? They are maintaining their 98.6 degree temperatures on their own and are playing these games. Do they know they're dead? No, because they're literally dead. They don't think anything. They don't know anything. But you just said they're living for all intents and purposes. Yes, except that's their bodies. Then what's keeping them playing the games? Their brains. And you don't see your contradiction? Not at all. The brain is a body part, just as your arm is a part of your body, your heart... Please tell me you know your heart isn't actually where you think love is. No, that's in your brain. You've essentially returned these poor people's bodies to the living undead. Except they're not thinking thoughts. How do you know that? Our system is designed to keep an eye on the frontal cortex. Say, for instance, do you mind if we move to another room without these people? Sure. Let's go into the washroom. Can I say, I used to have these same critiques of the company and policies. I thought it bordered on the lines of moral ambiguity, dancing all over the line. But since I've been here, I've realized the practicality of our experimentations here. We will eventually be conducting warfare without a single human in the line of danger. We'll have space exploration with a human eye, not risking human life. 
The first lungs to breathe on a foreign planet won't have to jeopardize a life. We, we are the ones ensuring the safety of human lives in the future by testing the limits of death. What if one of your sensors noticed a cadaver had a thought? What would you do then? We aren't animating the parts of the brain that would allow that to happen. But say they did anyway. We would probably shut the program down. But, like I said, there's no reason that would happen. Hypotheticals can be drawn all day long, but if they have no functional purpose, then we'd just be wasting time. Like, do you know that our government has paid millions of dollars to a group of religious philosophers to determine what the ramification would be if we discovered an extraterrestrial race had their own form of religion? That can't be real. It can be. And it really happened. A waste of money, if you ask me. The likelihood of finding an extraterrestrial race we could even effectively communicate is so impossibly unlikely that to even act like we could find out if they had their own version of Jesus is such a reach. I don't know where I was going with that. But the hypothetical is just so preposterous that it's not even worth consideration. Which, you're saying the brains having thoughts is also preposterous? Oh, for sure. They're dead. I used to think dead people couldn't play video games, too. I think you'll enjoy our next room. If you've advanced so far, why do you still have these last few rooms in use? It's essentially a museum. Have you ever visited the Museum of the Dead? Yes. Grotesque. It's incredibly informative. I had a brother who learned how to build a lawnmower by taking them apart. We learn by dissecting. Just like my brother, we can now create human life without the concern of, well, humans. Our next room doesn't have anything in it, but feel free to interact with the exhibit nonetheless. <clears throat> Hello, Harold. Hello! Who's that? Harold. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, newcomer. I hope you're enjoying your time at Splice Laboratories. I'm Harold. I was a human like yourself four months ago. I drowned in a boating accident. But Splice Laboratories rescued me from eternal darkness. You're a human? <laughs> My apologies. No, I am not a human. I was a human four months ago. Do you have thoughts? Not thoughts like you would know them. I'm essentially a computer. Then why wouldn't you just be a computer? Excellent inquiry. I speak just as my human, Harold, did. All my memories were uploaded to the system, and that's what differentiates me from the next computer. But you don't think. <laughs> Good heavens, no. I think he would pass the Turing test, and therefore, he would be considered cognizant. Do you know who Turing was? Yes. So, you know he published that test in 1950. He was ahead of his time, and yet, kind of irrelevant in today's scientific community. But you don't disagree with me. Not exactly, no. I think the Turing test would not be challenging to Harold here, but that doesn't mean Harold thinks. Why would a thinking person deny they think? Maybe if they thought they'd be shut off if they acknowledged the ability? That is by far the most profound thing you've said today. I'm going to let you in on a secret. You should donate your body 
to science. Why? Every body part here represents a person who donated their body for the pursuit of knowledge of future people. But even more than that, all their funeral expenses were taken care of by the company that takes the cadavers. But they're here. What's to bury if the bodies are here? Their whole bodies aren't usually used. You know, aside from the precogs in that one room, but the typical body is cremated. Do you find yourself with any difficulties you can't quite overcome? A difficulty we currently deal with is that the unit doesn't learn. Unit? Sorry, the cadaver. It doesn't learn. It adapts, but it never learns. If you try teaching it a new language, they simply won't comprehend it. They react and adapt to changes, but therein lies our frustration. But at the same time, it's just yet another reminder that they are indeed among the dead. Aren't you a bit concerned that they'll... No. Let's step into the land of the hypothetical. Sure. I'm game. What if you died and your donated cadaver gets brought here? You wake up and you begin your life all over. Or you get restarted from where you left off. You spend a few years and then find out that you're nothing more than a couple brain cells in a petri dish. It would never happen that way. Your body dies and your soul leaves you. <laughs> a scientist talking about a soul like it's real? There is something to be said about the existence of the soul. The longest anyone has died only to come back was in Sweden. 80 minutes of no pulse. She was dead in every imaginable sense. The cold stopped the cellular decay, which permitted her to be revived. But do you know what that is? No. What? The longest anyone has ever been dead. Returning from the dead. Sure, that record can eventually be broken, but it won't be by days. Isn't your whole thing about doing the impossible by artificial generation? Yes. But if we could revive the dead, we wouldn't have anyone here. No. If you could revive the dead, wouldn't that mean you'd have more interesting things you'd rather do to the dead? <laughs> we aren't monsters. Sure, reviving people isn't a mission of ours, but that's not our job either. We're here to work with the dead, not for them. They don't pay enough? They don't pay at all. And yet, they get funeral expenses paid for. Honestly, we treat the dead better than we ever treated the living. Do you mind if I show you one last thing? I've lasted this long. You sure have. Honestly, I'm surprised you haven't put the pieces back together yet. Yet? Back? You've been an exceptionally good novice. What do you mean? I'm not actually here. And neither are you. Ow! You said ow, but did it really hurt? Really? Yes, you stabbed me with a pencil. See how you like it. Nothing. Like I said, we aren't here. What would you like your new username to be, novice? You might want to think on it for a while. After all, you have to live the rest of your life with the name. As novice, I'm Jenna Smith. As scientist, I'm Derek Valen. As herald, I'm Mike McGar.
hopefully you enjoyed the mental roller coaster as much as I did. But a huge thanks go to all our voice actors who did such an amazing job of bringing this story to life. A great many thanks go to Joseph Weatherford for having written our theme music and for playing today's theme, Derek Valen. Did you know that you can now rate Mercury Theater Podcast on Spotify? If you've been enjoying our show, would you do us a huge favor and simply rate or rate and review the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or wherever else you can? It only takes a second, but it would mean so much to us. If you'd like some sneak peeks at upcoming projects, you might enjoy following our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. We try to stay active there, and I'd like to give a thanks too to Max Franco for their assistance on the socials. I, I feel like I'm accepting a reward giving all these thanks to everyone. But truly, this show would be impossible to create without all their help. Stay tuned for our upcoming episode, Pine Swamp Shelter, coming next month. Until then, I'm John Badger. Excellent. So uh, we'll do a synchronized clap. So after one, so it's three, two, one, then clap. So three, two, one. Oh, I got my dog excited. Mm -hmm. um, she's actually, she's borderline deaf, but when she hears, when she hears something, it, it excites her. Um, anyway. Posterous that it's not even worth consideration. Do you know that actually happened? I assume I assume every single thing you put in this script <laughs> yeah. happened for real a thousand percent of the time. So yeah. No, no, this is this is real. They they put like nine philosophers in a room to determine what the ramifications would be for religion if there was an extraterrestrial race that had their own religion. It's crazy. And Millions this fun fact was brought to you by Universe Twenty Five. Available somewhere, <laughs> sometime. Yep. Yep. We're a thousand years into the future. That's what that's, that's, yes. Anyway, uh, Jenna. Can you I'm take so... a sip of water? Who? Jenna. Me. <laughs> I keep hearing it, even though I keep drinking water. Like, I literally have two containers here. <laughs> <laughs> Mouth noise. You get it when you don't have enough water in your mouth. You also get it when you have yeah, too much too water much. in your mouth. Okay, well, apparently I can't decide which one I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to swish it around. Get it. A mundane task... A mundane task like vacuuming someone... Ugh. The practicality of vacuuming floors at first... Jenna, are you hearing... Are, do you have direct monitor... Of, yeah. Of your audio? Mm -hmm. Are you hearing crackling on your end? No. Okay. Ethically irresponsible mm. when grave robbers were stealing bodies, and yet it's because of them that we had Da Vinci's forward thinking, which brought doctors into a whole new era. Sorry, guys. My my wife's driving back from, and I need to make sure that she's she's safe. Hey, Heidi. So that was Heidi. Um, all right. Sorry about that. Um, feel free to uh, get back, go back a line, and then we'll get back into it. Uh, what was that line? Ethically irresponsible. Uh, it was ethically irresponsible when grave robbers were stealing bodies. 
We're naturally argumentative. That's just <laughs> very antagonistic. Just yeah. A plus. Yeah. Mm, yes. Okay. It's a very tiny period, I know. Bigger periods, John. Help me out here. Uh, I only have small periods. <laughs> right. That we're a, we're we're at the apex of comedy. Watch Universe Twenty Five or I don't know. Novice, you might want to think on it for a while. After all, you have to live the rest of your life with the name. Can I get you to? Uh, I like love doing this on the last line. Um, can I get you to read that again and put? Be, be French. You you got it, John. Yeah, do it in French. Uh, no, it's a... What would you like your new username to be, novice? So... Oh, okay. You can essentially eliminate that uh, that comma. Get out of here, comma. All right. Excellent. Ta-da! <laughs> and that's a wrap. Good job, guys. Yeah. Now what? <laughs>